Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. It's a real privilege to be here this evening. My name's Tyler. Um, I've been part of the life of this church for eight years now, eight and a, and a little bit. Been on staff here for six of those eight years, uh, which is really, really exciting. Love being part of this community. Love having the the privilege of doing life with the amazing people in this room. And uh, yeah, really, real, real privilege. I, I was born in Johannesburg, moved here when I was about 13 years old, came down to Cape Town um, with my mom. My dad still lives in Joburg. We moved down here and about three and a bit, three years into being in Cape Town, uh, really hit a challenging time in my, uh, my world with my mom and decided to attend a youth ministry um, and met Jesus, which was really, really incredible. And subsequent to that, got stuck into community. So, um, yeah, I've been eight incredible years. And I, I really would say if you're looking for a church this evening, this is a good one. And um, we'd love to have you. And uh, we're not perfect, but we really do love Jesus. And we'd love to have you part of the community. Um, but tonight we're going to read some scripture together. And then we're going to get stuck into our uh, uh, the part four of our devoted series. We have loved the series. We, we really have a, a pushed hard. I want to say to you before we jump into that, these books we worked hard on. Um, And the reason I say that is we really worked hard on these because we wanted to present them well so that they could be a tool for you to reach people. Um, We really believe, number one, that these will encourage you, that they will grow you. They are are somewhat of a a map toward devotion. So if you're wondering, well, well, this devoted thing, I'm not exactly sure how to do it. Can I encourage you, go on the 21-day devotional with us. There are 21 days of devotionals in here, um, which really help in that regard. But they are filled with stories of people. They are filled with stories like that that you saw on the screen. And actually to put this in your colleague's hand, to put this in your boss's hand, to put this in a family member's hand, really can have a, a powerful, powerful impact. So I would say make use of this. It's a great opportunity um, and I really, really would encourage you to do that. Can I ask us to stand? We're going to read the word together. And then we're going to get stuck in. The, it'll be on the screen behind me. Acts 2, 42, Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's, uh, it goes like this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Father, I pray as we read the scripture together as a community, I pray as you, as you show us this picture of what it means to be a community of God, a gospel community, I pray, Father, that you would stir us tonight, Jesus. I pray that as we read your word, God, as we engage with your word, I pray that you would call us to more as a community, Father. I pray that tonight our ears would not simply be tickled, God, but our hearts would be changed. I pray, Father, that through your word tonight, God, through what you're doing in this room and in this community, I pray, God, that you would call people to action. Thank you, Jesus, that we are, we do not want to be a complacent people. We want to be a people who respond to your word and respond to your call, King of Kings. We pray all of this in your incredible name, Jesus. 
Amen. Let's take our seats. The reason we stand when we read the Word is because we truly believe it is the highest authority in our lives. Um, And as we read it, we trust that it would engage with our hearts and transform us from the inside out. Um, And as we go on the series of Devoted, if you're new for, uh, if this is your first time or or you missed a couple of weeks of church, what we'd love, uh, love to catch you up a little bit. Well, actually what we are looking at is very specifically in that scripture, the first three words, it says this, all the believers devoted themselves. Believers devoted themselves. And so what we're doing over this series is we are actually looking at what does it mean to devote yourself particularly to community. What does it mean as a believer in Christ to devote yourself to community? When we read the Gospels, we see that as human beings, we were not designed for isolation. Even though we live in a world that says to us, actually, well, get as much profile as you can, become as wealthy as you can, make yourself as autonomous as you can. We live in a world that that shouts that at us, but actually God's design for us is that we would not live in isolation, but rather in community. We were designed as human beings, not simply to work out our lives on our own. We were designed for meaningful connection. And so for some people, they process, process that through the lens of, well, maybe I should get a husband or a wife or, or a girlfriend, or, or maybe I should join a, a club or do anything like that. No, well, actually, when I say meaningful connection, I mean connection surra- around the person of Jesus. We as people were designed for meaningful connections, connections that impact our lives. And I believe that the only place that you can truly find connection like that is in the local church. Bill Hybel says, which you'll see on the back of this book, Bill Hybel says this, he says, the local church is the hope of the world. The local church, this beautiful thing that God created, that God designed, we are destined to be a part of. And unfortunately, we live in a world that shouts, do it on your own, figure it out on your own. But I want to say to you tonight that God designed you to be in community. I became part of Life Changes when I was 16 years old. I was in grade 10. Um, I was went into a, uh, I was at a, at a school in Malkbo Strand, lived in Tableview. And I remember meeting a gentleman who lived across the road from me. His name was Andrew Aldridge. Um, and he was very loud and he had four very loud children. So if you lived in the complex with him, you knew they were there because at five o'clock they were shouting about how excited they were for their breakfast. Um, so you knew the Aldridges were there, but everybody in the complex just grumbled. They were like, you know, those people with the kids, you know, and they, and, 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 but then one day he saw me outside and he, he walked over to me and he used to use Brill cream to slick his hair back. So he had that very thick hair back. If you use Brill cream, bless you. Um, but actually he walked up to me, said to me, hey, I'm Andrew. I said, hi, I'm Tyler. A little bit squeakier than now. Um, and he said to me, uh, do you want to come play soccer with us? And I love football. So I thought, okay, let me go. And I remember I was very, very much not living a Christian life. And I remember going to the soccer, and I was the guy. Nobody knew who I was, but I, and there were a couple of different guys there. And I remember, I would, but I was very passionate about being the best player on the field. And so I always positioned myself on the wing because, you know, the wing is the best player on the field. Um, and then I would just basically, these, I'm not lying to you when I say these guys were 10, 20, 30 years older than me. And I would just run down the field going, give me the ball. But I would use more colorful words than that. Um, and I remember on that field was a man named Malcolm Herbert. 
And there was another man on that field from time to time named Wally Gersmeyer, who wasn't particularly gifted at football, but he loved connecting with people. And there were a whole bunch of men on that field. And eventually they, they invited me to church. And I remember walking into church petrified as can be. You know, when you walk into church the first time and you have that sense that actually, like in high school when you were late, they're going to march you down the center aisle and make you stand in the front. That was the feeling I had when I arrived at church. And I remember I I searched and searched, found the guys that I had met and started on this journey of community. And just a quick story, that man named Malcolm Herbert who saw this very young 16-year-old whippersnapper running around acting like a fool, Malcolm subsequently I discovered was actually an incredibly successful businessman. Um, and somehow we became friends. And I remember as a young man, it was, it's a strange thing when you are friends with someone who is twi- more than twice your age, incredibly accomplished. And I was just going, okay, and we became friends. And I, I remember Malcolm, he was a very generous man, incredible man. I, I, I wanted an iPhone at that stage, as any good 16-year-old does, because just to take selfies, you know, as one does. Um, and I remember saying to him, oh, Mel, you know, I really want an iPhone. He said, well, actually, I've got an old one that you can have. And I remember getting this iPhone and I was so excited. And I remember Malcolm sitting me down. He was quite clear about it. We hadn't known each other for a very long time. He said to me, Tyler, it's very serious. He said to me, please restore the phone to factory settings. I said to him, okay, Malcolm, no problem, no problem. I got the phone that afternoon. I kind of deleted a few things. I did not restore it to factory settings. The next day I was sick at home and I remember taking a selfie of myself in my bed with my my laptop watching uh, uh, movies. And I tweeted that, as one did, it's eight years ago, you know, when Twitter was still a big thing. Um, No offense, Gabe. And uh, and I remember I did not tweet from my own account. I tweeted from Malcolm's account because I did not factory reset the phone. So that, about an hour later, I actually got a phone call from Quinton Hawes saying, you've tweeted from Malcolm's account. And I thought it was very funny until I saw Malcolm that Sunday. And he came up to me, and I remember he was livid with me. And I remember us having a conversation, and I had to go from thinking the situation was very funny to thinking the situation was very serious. And I remember him saying to me, actually, I asked you to do something. I blessed you, and actually you didn't do it, and you dishonored me in that moment. As a 16-year-old, I was like, wow, that's quite hectic. But what I found so profound about that moment was actually he could have chosen to completely dismiss me. He could have chosen, he's a a man who actually didn't need to spend any time with me. He could have said, ah, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about it. But he chose to engage me. He chose to come to me and engage me where I was at, a young guy who didn't really know what was going on. And he engaged me. And actually in that moment, it's a trivial story, very funny at the time for me, less so for him. We laugh about it now. But I remember him engaging me and calling me to more. And I want to say to you that when we um, are in community, he made a decision in that moment in community to choose for both of us to grow. I grew in that moment. Why? Because he challenged me. And he grew in that moment because he had the opportunity to call somebody to more. And you know what the challenge can so quickly be with community and church? Is it is not enough for us to simply attend church. Some people will engage with church and go, well, I come every Sunday. You know, I walk in at five past and I walk out as the service ends. I listen to the preach. I sing the songs. But I want to say to you that in order to grow in community, we have to engage with community. And in that moment, like I said, a trivial story, but in that moment, he chose to engage me. 
And in the same moment, I chose to engage him. And because of that, we both grew. And I've spent the last eight years in a community. And tonight I would like to be to, to chat a little bit about not just being devoted to attending a church. I want to speak a little bit about what it means to be devoted to growing in a community. Because I believe wholeheartedly that community, that the local church, is God's primary vehicle of making you more like Christ. It is His primary vehicle of making you more like Jesus. And actually, if we look at the Scriptures, and we understand from the Scriptures that when Jesus called His disciples, when He said those words, come follow me, what He was saying to them was, come and become like me. He was saying, actually, I'm going to take you out of your situation, I'm going to take you out of your stuff, and I'm going to make you like me. And so Jesus ascends to heaven, He sends the Holy Spirit to us, and He establishes this community called the church, and He says, this is the vehicle that I will use, number one, to reach the world, and number two, to make you more like Christ. And the challenge is, when we simply attend, and we do not engage, we are choosing to not grow the way Christ wants us to grow. Because the reality is, you know, if you just walk in the door, you can hear the sermon, you can sing the songs, but you can walk out the door and and actively decide to either engage with it or not. It's totally up to you. But when we choose to engage in community, we are forced to become more like Christ. Why? Because you'll give a young guy an iPhone, that guy will go tweet from your account, and all of a sudden you've got to deal with the situation. You've got to deal with your heart. You've got to deal with his heart. And that's how God works in us. Community is not an optional extra. It is a gospel imperative. If we want to see the world reached for Christ, we have to be in community. We have to. It is a gospel imperative. It is not simply a you imperative. It is an imperative to the gospel itself. Why do we know that? Because Jesus designed it. And if Jesus designed it, we know it is key for his gospel. And so tonight what I'd love to do is I'd love to look at three simple points that I believe will help us grow, not simply be part of, but grow in community. My first point this evening is root yourself. Root yourself. When I was, uh, we'll read that scripture together now, but when I was about 20 years old, I was on staff here at Life Changes. I mean, I remember I was at a youth conference with a friend of mine. And he pulled me aside, and he's an amazing guy. We had lots of fun together. Um, We led youth camps together. We did all of these kinds of things. His name was Garrett Loebscher. I remember he just very randomly walked up to me and pulled me aside and said, Hey, Tyler, I just want to chat to you for a moment. And he walked up to me, and he said to me, I've got a word for you. I feel this. He said to me, I feel like you need to plant yourself. And I'm working for a church. He said to me, I feel like you need to plant yourself. I feel like you keep moving around. And you are not allowing God to grow your roots deep. You keep moving around. You're not allowing God to grow your roots deep so that he can see you grow into everything he wants for you. He said to me, stop moving around. Plant yourself in the house of the Lord. He said to me, and you will flourish. And in this incredible scripture, it says this. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. These These were cool trees. They were big. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. I'm going to read that again. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. 
Now, for many of you, you might go, oh, well, that's a cool picture of a tree. No, actually, what God is trying to say is when we plant ourselves, when we put ourselves into his house, the byproduct of that is growth. The byproduct of that is growth. We don't have to grow ourselves. No, we have to plant ourselves. Put yourself in one place. Grow your roots deep in that place. And you do not move those roots until God says so. So many of us run away from community and church when the people challenge starts to become a reality. But actually, I wholeheartedly believe this. I do not move until God says move. I do not move until God says move. If a tree is constantly pulled out of the ground and replanted and pulled out of the ground and replanted, I'm no botanist, but I'm pretty sure that tree is not going to grow. And actually, God is saying to us, you need to plant yourselves. Deep roots equal healthy trees. Deep roots equal healthy trees. And actually, one of the keys to becoming devoted, one of the keys to getting stuck into community is letting your roots grow deep. You know, when the winds start to blow and the storms start to blow, I don't know if you've ever seen a tree in a storm, but he's not standing there and he looks up and he goes, oh, wow, there's clouds. Oh, the rain's coming. Okay, boys, we're going to have to batten down the hatches. Okay, roots go deep now. They don't do that. All year round, they let their roots grow deep. And when the storms come, when the challenges come, and when the things start to hit us, what do they do? They just stand. Why? Because they have let their roots grow deep in Christ and deep in community. I want to say to you tonight, and this might be a challenging thing, but when the storms come, do you blow over or do you stand firm? Because the Bible says that my feet have been placed on the rock of Jesus. I want to ask you tonight, actually, maybe you need to take a step and go, I'm going to root myself. You know, for some of us, it's, it's getting into a life group. For some of us, it's joining a serving team. You know, those are not perfect vehicles. But I believe that when we engage them and when we take a step of faith, God honors that. Root yourself. When the storm comes, are you easily easily blown away? Even though it is tough, are your roots deep enough to see you through? And when he gave me that word, I remember I struggled with it and I wrestled with it and I wasn't sure where to go with it. Then I realized, I was like, wow, God, I don't just need to have myself physically there. I need to place my heart there. Because you know, you can attend church. You can come every Sunday. You can even be employed at a church. But it doesn't mean that your heart is there. And I had to realign myself and go, okay, God, I need to place my heart here. I need to put my roots down deep so that I can grow here. And I want to say to you that even in the painful moments, God has grown me. He has taught me things. He has pushed me into more. Number one, root yourself. Number two, push in. Number one, root yourself. Put your roots down deep. And number two, push in. I love the scripture. It says, and all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. That is an action statement. It says they met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. I don't know about you, but that is a tough scripture. That is a tough scripture. That means my brother in the community with me, who doesn't have what I have, means I've got to share it. And the thing that I, that, I, I, that I get out of this is actually they took a step. They pushed in to community. They actually had to take what they had and give it away. They pushed into community. Pushing into community is a faith step. 
It is a step of going, God, I am going to perform an action, and I'm going to trust you to do the rest. The challenge is we so often feel like we need to perform the action, and we need to do the rest. And so what do we do? We never take the faith step. But actually, sometimes when you go, okay, I'm going to take the step and trust God to do the rest. Push into an area of community and trust God to do the rest. Maybe it means actually having a coffee with that person who you had a falling out with in church six months ago and you haven't spoken to them. Maybe it means phoning a dad who you haven't spoken to in 10 years. Maybe it actually means going up to that person and going, why do you never greet me? It's a simple thing, guys, but when we push in, we are taking a step of faith and we are trusting God to do the rest. You will only get out of community however much you choose to put into community. So many people sit on the sidelines and they go, well, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of this. Well, sir or ma'am, I would ask you, what are you putting into it? Because when we put into community, God uses that faith and he grows us and he strengthens us and he digs our roots deep and he gives us a future in him. I remember when I committed my life to Christ and I got stuck into community, I got involved in everything. I was in youth. I was in our kids' ministry. I was on the media team on a Sunday. I used to come early on a Sunday. We used to have a prayer meeting a half an hour before the service. I used to come early for that. Everything. If they needed help with something, I was there. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily you need to be at everything. But for me, it was going, I want to get stuck in. I want to push in. And as I pushed in, as I got stuck in, God used that. I decided to make myself known to people. And you know the blessing of lots of chairs and lots of people is you can so easily go unnoticed. So easily go unnoticed. People might greet you on a Sunday, go hi, and you might need to get to know their name. But actually I made a conscious decision to make myself known. And out of that came fruitfulness, came life. So if you look at the, at the picture of Jesus and the disciples, he says, come follow me. But he doesn't just hang out with them in the ministry moments. He doesn't phone them and say, okay, boys, I'm going to be praying for some people. Meet me over there. They come, he prays, and they, no. He slept with them. He ate with them. He spent time with them. He engaged with them. They walked together. They spoke together. They were on boats together. They did everything together. Why? So that they could make themselves known to him. So that they could become who he had designed them to be. I want to say to you, are you making yourself known to anybody? This is the tough things of community. Through making those decisions, I, I met an incredible guy in our community named Jake Hearn. And uh, he's become one of my best friends. He was one of my, my groomsmen at my wedding. But I tell you, I, when I was 16, 17, myself and Jake became friends through youth ministry here at this church. And we started hanging out. I would spend time at his house. But as a 17-year-old, you don't have a lot of money. And you want to do everything. So there were many a lunches that Jake and I and a whole bunch of friends would arrive at. And at the end of a very nice spur burger, Jake would go, cool, we're going to split the bull. I'd be like, well, I forgot my wallet at home. <coughs> and eventually, and I, I probably did that 50 times. Um, and I, I remember we, we engaged and, we, and he, I was frustrating to him at times. But then a couple of years ago, I, I started to get a bit sick, and I went to a doctor, and, I, and they did some tests, and they found a, a non-cancerous tumor in my brain. And the reason that they were able to find that and treat that is because when I got sick and I didn't know what was wrong with me, my friend Jake Hearn came to me and said, I will pay for you to see my doctor. 
Jake had some similar challenges, and actually his, his endocrinologist is one of the most expensive and best endocrinologists in the country. I got in a car, he drove me to her, I went to see her, and he paid the bill. You know, the only reason that I walked in that favor was because I chose to make myself known. You know, so often I hear people say things like, yeah, you know, but, but people, you, you, people have that kind of blessing, you know, because they're on staff, or, or lots of people know them. No, because they choose to get stuck into community. He paid for that. He paid for me to go for further tests. And actually, because of that decision that he made, I'm healthy now. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a miracle to me. That sounds like a miracle that a young guy would choose to take money out of his own pocket and pay for something where he would receive no reward. Actually, he had paid for a lot of lunches before that. I hadn't given much, but he chose to engage. And I want to say, pushing in is an action that only you can choose to do. Nobody can force you. You can sit in a million church meetings. You can have a hundred coffees. And God can say to you, get stuck in, get stuck in, get stuck in. But if you do not choose to push in, you will not walk in what everything that God has for you. I believe that our God future is entirely and completely linked to our walking in community. If we do not choose to walk in community, I wholeheartedly believe that you will not walk into the future that God has for you. That might sound like a tough word, but actually if we look at the scriptures, it's true. And so I would say to you, number one, root yourself. Number two, push in. And number three, push through. And this is where it starts to get a little bit tough. When I read the scripture, I said to my wife, wow, this is a tough one. It goes like this. Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'll read that again. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do you know what that word bear means? It means to carry the weight of the people around you. It means to carry the weight of the people around you. I don't know about you, but that's a tough thing to do. That means when the person next to you is, uh, is living in challenge and struggling, you need to carry that weight. Actually, it means when you and somebody get into a, a tussle over something, or you're struggling, or you're offended, or you're frustrated. You know, the Bible's really clear. It says, forgive them and move on. The challenge is so often in community, we can get the rooting right. We're like, okay, I'm going to be here. We get the pushing in right. We're like, okay, I'm going to get involved. But then as soon as things get tough, we get the push through wrong. We go, actually, this is too hard for me. But actually, the Bible is so clear. It says, push through. It says, keep going. It says, keep trusting me. Keep taking steps of faith. I will honor them. People will always disappoint you. They will always let you down. They will always say the wrong thing. They will always step over your boundaries. I promise you, they will always do it. I will do it. The leaders of this church will do it. Every single person who you ever meet will at some stage upset you, disappoint you, or let you down. The great thing is that actually we need to root ourselves in Christ and get stuck in community. Why? So we can grow, but it is, that thing is not, depend, does, is not dependent on our identity. Our identity is in Christ. Therefore, when someone offends me, I process through it. Why? Because I want to become more like Jesus. This stuff is very challenging. I want to say to you that those people who offend you or frustrate you are not responsible for your response. You are. 
So often we walk this journey with people, and, and the reason we're engaging this is because uh, Mark spoke last week on courageous conflict. The reason we engage this stuff, why? Is because we want people to walk together and grow. And when we start to understand that what somebody does to me does not determine my response to them, it changes the way we live in community. Actually, it is not your situation that determines your future. It is your response to your situation. I want to ask you, sir or ma'am, how are you responding to your situation? Are you trusting God? Are you pushing into community? Are you pushing through the tough time? Or are you abdicating and going, well, actually, it's their fault? It's a tough thing. But when we start to understand this, uh, about a year or so into being on staff at the church, I thought I was really doing really well as a confident person I am. I thought, wow, I'm doing really well. I'm really good at this church work thing. I'm good at this. I meet with people. I'm in the youth. I'm doing really, really well. And I remember I got to December. I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a nice holiday, go and rest on the beach. And about a week before I went on leave, one of the amazing leaders in this church said, hey, can we have a coffee? We need a chat. You know when someone says we need a chat? You're like, oh, okay, that's going to be fun. And I remember going there. I was like, wow, okay. And then, but bless his soul, he's subsequently gotten better at this. He said, actually, I can't do today or tomorrow. I can only do next week, Saturday. You know what that does to your soul? So he wants to chat to me about something, and I'm only going to find out what it is next week, Saturday. Wow, okay. God deals with you in these moments. <laughs> you realize fear of man is a real thing. So I'm like, okay, 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 don't worry, it wasn't you, Ryan. Um But I remember waiting, 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 and I was like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. You know, you vacillate between the 50 different things that could possibly be, did I scratch his car? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And finally, I remember we were sitting upstairs at News Cafe, um, and he sat down with me, and he said, hey, bro, and he's quite a straight shooter, so he said to me, actually, I'm just going to get straight into it. And he spent the next hour, I kid you not, shredding my character. I thought I'd rocked it for a year. I was like, the, I am on top of the world. I work at a church. Things are going well. He spent the next hour laying into me like you've never seen in your life. This is wrong. This is wrong. This thing you do is a problem. This thing you do is a problem. This is frustrating. Why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep doing that? Why do you? And I remember sitting there for about an hour going, oh my goodness. I'm going to leave the church. No, that's exactly what went through my head. That on top of that, the challenge was that actually he didn't know me very well. We were not friends. So this guy who I didn't really know very well, sitting across from me at a table, telling me everything that's wrong with me, I remember I went home that afternoon, angry as can be. I was like, ah, how dare, I'm going to get him on Sunday, and I'm going to sort him out. Ah, how dare he, and, I just, and for about three days, I just went through this in my head, how much I was going to tell him off, how much I, and I even like made a list of everything he does wrong. I was like, we're going to get this thing done now. And I remember processing through this, processing through this, processing through this. And I had a choice to make in that moment. It was one of the hardest moments for me in this church. It's not nice when your character gets ripped apart. But I remember I had to make a choice. I had to go, okay, God, am I going to take what he said, distill it down, and figure out where I actually need to work on myself? Or am I just going to get angry and bitter and leave? And that thing resonated in me. Actually, unless God says go, you stay. And I remember I had to grapple with this thing of, well, actually, okay, I'm going to have to deal with my heart. And what I thought was going to be the best holiday ever turned into one of the toughest few weeks because I had to process myself. Let's go, God, you need to deal with this. But not only did I have to deal with that, I had to deal with my heart towards Him. 
And actually, that man was at my wedding three months ago. That man was at my wedding. That man, I've been in his home and had dinner subsequently. We laughed together. We are amazing friends. Why? Because I did not let him dictate my, my response in that moment. Whether he was right or wrong is besides the point. My response was what mattered. Yes, sometimes we're going to have to engage. Sometimes we're going to have to go to people and say, actually, you need to work on that thing. Or I wasn't, I, that way you said that wasn't great. But first we need to deal with our own hearts. And uh, not to point the finger at a, a bunch of other people, about three months ago, three, or a little bit longer, we got married. We got back from honeymoon. We were like, we're going to start a home group. And so I went on a rampage that first Sunday. I was like, I'm going to invite every human being I see to home group, a life group. And so I ran around. I was like, hi, hi. I'm the, and I, I walked up to the one couple. I was like, hi, I'm Tyler. They're like, hi, I'm Chris. I'm like, oh, it was really nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Melani. And we introduced ourselves. I was so excited. This is going to be so cool. I'm like, they're like, we've met like 12 times. I'm like, okay, no, I'm so excited. Just come to home group. I was like, so excited. I said, actually, you know what? We'll do dinner for you guys. I'm so amped. Home group came that Tuesday. I made no dinner. They arrived hungry. They had not eaten that night. They walked into my house. I was like, hey, you want coffee? Coffee, hey. Made coffee. I like making coffee for people. End of the night, six weeks later, I found out that they came to our house expecting dinner. And by God's grace, they are still in my home group. Why? Because sometimes we've just got to get over ourselves. And actually, I stuffed that up that night. I stuffed that up. I was like, well, okay, I'll bucket this up. But actually, I did apologize to them. I thought it was very funny. But actually, sometimes we're going to mess it up. Sometimes someone's going to invite you over to their house and promise you dinner, and they're not going to make it. Can you believe it? But actually, God is calling you to push into community. Number one, root yourself. Number two, push in. Number three, push through. Rory Dyer made this statement. He says, maturity is walking with the same people for a long period of time. Maturity is walking with the same people for a long period of time. And I want to end with this. We are called to be signs and wonders. We are called to be signs and wonders to a world that does not know God. And actually, if we don't do this thing well, if we don't fight to do community well, Actually, those signs and wonders will be very ineffective. Because a sign needs to point to something. And we want to point people to Jesus. And if we do not get good at this community thing, if we do not get good at this growing in Christ thing, we will be ineffective signs that are supposed to be pointing to Jesus. And so tonight I would challenge you, as we've spoken about these very simple points and told a, a couple of stupid stories, and, and actually, but I really believe tonight, if we can grip hold of this thing of rooting yourself, pushing into community, and pushing through the tough moments, God will use you as a sign and a wonder to affect the world.